Hello and welcome. My name's Karen O'Connor and this is Things That Make You Go. This is your podcast to help you make the most of the wisdom and experience that comes with getting that little bit older. Let's get right into it. How have you been feeling? Look, I've been sleeping a little bit, but the reason I've got a bit of fucker going on is I found a lump in one of my adrenals and it's been sent to a specialist oncology board to discuss it tomorrow to see what they think it might be so uh, yeah so it's yeah I found that out on Tuesday so I've just gone oh <laughs> it's like oh Kylie mm. yeah and I said to the doctor straight out my GP I said are you telling me this is another cancer diagnosis and he goes I'm not telling you it is but I can't tell you it's not he said uh, we don't know what it is it's not presenting normally it's a p- incredibly rare to get something like this in the adrenals anyway and then as far as something in the adrenal goes this is presenting really weirdly but it's nearly four and a half centimeters so (gasps) yeah so it's kind of i've been doing my research of course you have you've been doing dr google Google. (laughs) yeah me and dr google and it's just i'm reading it and it's just oh maybe i shouldn't have done that that's yeah so we just have to wait and see so that's where I'm at and that's where I just, yesterday I just went, no, fuck it. I went and sat on the beach for as long as I thought I could get away with in COVID. <laughs> you know, because you're only allowed out of the house for an hour. And today I'm just doing easy things. Wow. I didn't realise you were in a Queenslander. Yes, we are in a Queenslander. Yes, it's mm-hmm. small. It's very, very pretty, but it is mm. small. It's too small. Yeah. yeah. Can't escape my husband. He can't escape me. It's driving us insane. <laughs> no. No. But yeah, it's very pretty. The house is really pretty. I'm trying to find a quiet place. I was going to go outside. I thought, I'll go outside, sit on the veranda. And of course, the wind's just started. So I'm like, seriously? I just wanted to go out. But no, apparently that's not going to happen. What's happening with regards to your health as far as the breast cancer goes? As far as that goes, I've got the lymphedema in the breast, which is painful, but I can't see anyone about it till lockdown finishes because it's not considered, well, at this point, nobody's considering it serious. So they're giving the lockdown appointments to really serious cases. And I've been told that's just for the rest of your life. Thanks very much. I'm on tamoxifen, which is a drug that basically gives you a medical menopause, forces you into menopause if you're not there anyway, very quickly and brutally. Joys. The joys. Yeah, it was because of that, and I was getting all these horrid symptoms the insomnia, just fatigue. And when I did sleep, I've got this cough on my chest. Uh, Periods have just gone even more bloody bizarre than usual, constantly peeing, pain in the abdomen. I went to the doctor and went, if this is tamoxifen side effects, all of which it can be, I want to let's get everything tested to rule out anything else. And then I'm going to consider whether or not I want to stay on the drug or whether or not I want to hedge my bets on lifestyle to prevent it from coming back. And yeah, it was during those tests where everything we tested was fine. (laughs) Everything we tested was great. But yeah, they found this thing in the adrenal glands as they test looked at my kidneys under ultrasound. So it was, yeah, okay, we weren't testing for that, but that's big and we don't know what it is. And had a CAT scan, CT scan at the same time so now we don't know if this if the symptoms that i'm getting are 
the tamoxifen for the breast cancer and forcing me into menopause or they are due to this thing on the adrenal because apparently depending on what it is they can start producing their own hormone set of different combinations which give you different symptoms and one of the hormones that it can produce I can't even pronounce but my symptoms some of the symptoms match that so some of it could be the menopause I'm being forced into and some of it could be whatever this other thing is so it's just a case of going stay on the meds for now apparently I've found out if you change brands it can help because the fillers can give you different side effects oh that reminded me it's one of those days I've got to go pick the new prescription up yeah so we've got to try and find out what this is on the adrenals to see whether or not that's causing side effects or it's the drugs causing the side effects so I'm just waiting again and, and how long will it be before you're here they're talking tomorrow this specialist group of oncologists meets tomorrow and that's where it's been referred to and so I should hear by sometime tomorrow and then yeah it's a matter of them going they might go look no we think it's this and we'll just watch and wait or they might go holy fuck get her in we need to do something so I don't know yeah that's where we're at, which is why I didn't bother looking at my diary. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> Sorry, Beth. <laughs> totally understand. Trust me. I saw your message and I thought, oh, shit, no, that's a good thing. That's something I want to do. <laughs> oh, that's good. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, I do. I can see your haircut better now because I couldn't really see it when it was impact fair because I didn't have my glasses on. <laughs> so, so. It's super short. And it's meant to be, uh, it's meant to look a bit different at the front, but I've got this natural cowlick. <laughs> oh, mm. So it's like the hairdresser was doing stuff. She's gone, no, you're just going to have to embrace that. <laughs> <laughs> Done. <laughs> so now, yeah, it's funny now that I've tried it this short, I'd want to do for ages. I'll let it grow again. So. That, that's the thing about hair, isn't it? I don't know why people get so worked up. It's it grows and mine grows really fast. Yeah. So it's, yeah, I'm not concerned about it. It'll grow back or it won't. And either way, mm. I've gotten to a point, I think, in my life where I'm a bit like, uh, fuck it. It's just keep <laughs> trying stuff. Yeah, I'm, I mean, as you can see, I'm the same. Mine's actually not as purple as it was. The colours actually come out. And yeah. I went into the hairdressers today to get the shampoo because they didn't have the coloured shampoo last week. So yeah. she said, oh, look, just leave it on. Your hair's really porous because we had to bleach the orange out. So the purple's yeah. falling out. So just leave it in for 15 minutes every day for a few days and it should pop it back up again because it's nowhere near. The roots are purple, but the, yeah. you can see it's going orange. You see the orange through it, which kind of yeah. looks cool, but it's not the colour I wanted. <laughs> so. It really suits you. The purple really suits you. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. I like it. I, yeah, I do. I like it. Yeah, I like brilliant. it. It's just a colour. I don't understand people who go, oh, I could never do that. Well, why? It's just your hair. It's something like wearing a hat. I know. I was looking at turning mine auburn because I do red yeah. hair really quite well. You do. But Actually, that would look amazing. Yeah, I've done it in the past. I used to hair model when it was about this long or a little it bit is. longer, years and years yeah. ago, yeah. yeah. And uh, they quite often, you get in and they'd go, copper, that's what we're doing. <laughs> yeah, but do you um, know what would look good, Kylie, is the red that you've got in your glasses. It's actually that, that, pink. I know it looks like red on the thing, but it's pink. So if you put orange near these glasses in real life, ugh. 
Yeah. <laughs> now go like a, a proper red, like a deep red. That'd really suit you. I could do that too, yeah. But part of me just goes, you got to buy that whole box for this much hair. It's been a tighter. <laughs> and then I don't want to do it in lockdown because I'd paint it all on myself. Oh, and one no, thing right. I can't stand is where you've got it on your that ears is. and you've got it yeah. down the back of the neck. And yeah. it's just, uh, no, I have to wait till lockdown finishes and then get one of Robin's daughters to do it. She's great at doing hair. So I'll wait till she's allowed to travel because she's about an hour away. So I have to wait till she's allowed to travel and she'll come and sort me out. <laughs> Good luck with that. I hope it finishes soon because Kira's a basket case now. She's not doing well at all. I can't, I can understand because it is, I'm a huge introvert and I'm used to being at home on my own a lot and I'm even getting sick of it and I don't even know where I want to go. I just want to go out and yep. it's like Robert and I have said to each other, we just want to sleep in a bed that's not ours. We don't even care if it's in the same town. Just want to sleep in a bed that's not ours. We want to drive somewhere and get out and stay there. <laughs> And it's eat weird, else's isn't it? Yeah, and eat somebody else's food. Like Kira's, she's really upset because she was supposed, a big reason that she chose to do this course that she's doing was because they had a final exhibition at this really world-renowned gallery mm. as, as they graduate. And that looks great on their resume. They've had a public exhibition there. They've had to cancel it. And because so many things have postponed till next year, they can't fit them in next year. Oh, so it's just going to be not happen? It's just going to not happen at all. So she's absolutely devastated. But yeah. what can you do? There's just nothing you can do. No. So, don't know. It, it's just nuts. And it's funny, with Melbourne, apparently, a lot of the outlying country towns, beautiful country towns and stuff like that, have had a massive upswing in people from the city buying property and moving out of the city because now all of a sudden it's, we don't have to be in the city to work. We've proved we can work remotely. They're all pissing yeah. off out of the city too, so it's... Wouldn't surprise me. Do you know, Jamie's going looking at houses in Canberra, Jamie and Sasha, and it's not unusual to have 20 or 25 lots of people at each house. They've put five or six offers in now yeah. in the last month and been beaten on every single one of them. There's been seven or eight offers going the first day. The housing market in certain areas is just going off. Yep. Really weird. Yeah. yeah. It is. So it's, we're hoping. Not in Armadale, though. <laughs> you know what, though? I had a chat to Petey Dorcas, and Meg was just saying, surprisingly, they thought things were going to drop, and they, it just hasn't. It's been going great guns. Good. Because so, Big W's yeah. closing and Target's closing. <gasps> Are they? Yeah. Yeah. So wow. the Armadale Target store was one of those that was earmarked about six months at the start of COVID by Target, mm. and the Armadale store was one of them. But Big W announced last week that they're closing the Armadale store. That is yeah. not good. That is really not good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a good thing Armadillians love Kmart so much. I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> I thought they all love Big W, to be honest with you. But they're in their rug boots. No, it's not yeah. Kmart, is it, James? <laughs> we better crack on with this, young lady. So let's talk about when I got up this morning, I'm like, I'm talking to Kylie this afternoon. What am I talking to Carly about? <laughs> it's one of those days. I'm so tired. Let's start with menopause brain. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? I actually didn't think menopause brain was a thing, but it's really, it actually is a thing. It's a thing. Yeah, yep. you've just got no idea. Forget in the middle of a sentence what you were going to say or that thing about opening the cupboard and standing there going, 
Okay, why am I here? <laughs> yep. Yep, and then if you're actually looking in there and you can't see what you want, I've learned that's called a scartoma. Is it really? Yeah, and that's how, and this is how it was described to me, was that's how men boy look. Men are shockers because that's why they can't find the Vegemite sitting at the front of the thing. It's because their brain has already told them it's not there. Therefore, their brain programs their eyes to not see it. And therefore, they can't see it. Whereas the woman walks in and just goes, it's right there. And it's called a scartoma. It's actually a thing. So maybe our brains in menopause just going, you know what? I'm over this shit. So I'm just not going to see. I'm not done. It's a hormonal scartoma. <laughs> and the scar time is like, it goes across your entire life as well. It's not specifically when you're going looking for something. It's, no, I don't want to see you and I don't want that shit in my life. <laughs> I know and I don't want to have that conversation, so I'm just going to forget that it even existed. Yeah, I'm just, yeah. I just, yep. <laughs> anyway, we were going to talk about your experiences in going back into <gasps> the dating scene when you were in your 40s because like, mm-hmm. I remember that was so brave that was so brave. <laughs> and you had some serious experiences because I remember saying to you when you were starting out like I'd just stay single if it was me like I just couldn't do it <laughs> but you did and you persisted you got so much education in doing it like not oh, yeah. negative some uh, quite a lot of negative education but you got an awful <laughs> lot of positive education as well <laughs> there was some really interesting experiences. So let's start at the beginning. Because to me, it was really brave that you actually went, no, you know what? I'm going to get back on the dating scene and I'm going to do it online. Because that made me go, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what? There was, it was a twofold decision. First one, and I've mentioned this in that other call, was that I was convinced I had a good relationship in me. And I'd had a series of between bad and I just plain not right relationships. Like my first marriage, it wasn't that it was bad, but it was just never right. It should never have happened in the first place. Simply because I didn't know who I was and I wasn't, I didn't claim who I was and neither did he. So we're both lying to each other. I figured I had a good one in me. <laughs> you know, I'm capable of give, having a good relationship. And the second one was the reason I chose to go online was because I looked at my life Where does Kylie go out and meet people? And I don't. Because with my career, I work on my own from home. And when I'm out of the house, I'm dealing with Mr and Mrs at their dining room table. I'm not dealing with 40 to 50-year-old eligible bachelors because they've got better things to do than to renovate their home. Either that or they've just done it because they've got the the tool belt on. I went to dancing in Port Macquarie where I was living at the time and once you've been there three times you've met all the men and then that's it and it just didn't it doesn't grow from that because it's such a being a small town and being Latin dancing not being a massively popular thing and it was just like I don't meet people and I also had realized by this stage that I was not looking for a country boy mentality despite the fact I was living in the country I was looking for someone with a much broader experience base and so I realized I was looking for someone who tree changed out or someone who still lived in the city so it was like I can't meet either of those sorts of people in my current lifestyle so I've got to do something different so I'll go online so that was the reasoning behind what I did but I also realized that I've been online before 
didn't necessarily enjoy it other than that initial rush of, oh my God, so many people are interested. But then when you start looking at it, it's going, no, they're not interested. They just want to see your tits or something. I'd wish when I also need help in order to A, claim me, be able to express me. And I found a group online to help me just with personal development. But then it turned out that the guy who ran this particular group that really resonated with me also did an online dating group to help women write profiles that reflected who they truly were and then also how to vet profiles about of men that you didn't want and how to deal with that and then I had done previously a lot of learning on masculine feminine energies masculine feminine communication and stuff like that because I realized I've had two divorces and it wasn't all their fault there were two of us there so I had to go all right I was there so I obviously took part so what am I doing wrong? So I'd done quite a bit of this work to go, all right, I realised my communication needed work. So I, I went and just self-studied that and practised on my old friends and studied my old friends and all that sort of stuff and ran things by them. So I did a lot of really proactive work to go, who am I? How do I express that? What do I need to work on for me? That's potentially putting up barriers to me having a lovely open relationship. So I had to do yeah, a lot of work like that before I even got to online dating. And then, yeah, having this male mentor who you could get online and go, blah, 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 this, and he just go, no, don't even bother responding. That man is not worth your time. If he can't do A, B, C, and D, he's not worth your time. You're too high value. Don't worry about it. So it was, yeah, I had a lot of support to go back out there. <laughs> I didn't do it alone. <laughs> That's really interesting. So a couple of things I want to talk about that. How long were you doing the online dating stuff before you found this guy and what were your experiences there and the second thing was what made you want to look at the masculine feminine energies i'll start with the second one the masculine feminine energies was something that a, another girlfriend of mine she was into all of that sort of stuff and she'd done counseling and all those sorts of things so she was after my second marriage ended we spent a lot of time together as friends, but she was our teachers teach and counsellors counsel. So she did a lot of counselling at me while hanging out as friends. And she just went, look, are you aware that you have a huge amount of masculine energy? And I'm like, what? And she's, look, she goes, you're not masculine at core. She said, but you front with masculine energy. She goes, read these books. And so I went off and read these books and I was like, oh my God, I do a lot of my behaviours because I can be very cerebral. I approach... a at that point, I was approaching life almost exclusively from the brain and not from the heart. And I was completely locked down to vulnerability and all of this sort of stuff. And so that just made me go, hang on, that... And then in reading these books, I suddenly realised that you can only have one alpha in the relationship and it had been me. <laughs> and that's why I was a pup. There was as many layers of a relationship but I was constantly frustrated in that I was the one making the decisions I was the one having to drive goals forward I was the one doing all of that and what I wanted was a partnership and so for my first marriage I would sit back and wait for my husband to join me or initiate and he never would so nothing happened for 11 years because I go oh, I've got this idea I want to do and then he go yeah and nothing would happen unless I drove it through and if I did he would constantly resent me and in the second one, it was a bit different. I was a bit more aware that I didn't want to drive it through, but that was the one that was a really messy relationship. When I read this stuff, I was just like, oh, there's so much here I need to learn. So that's, and then I had, I dated a guy for a little while who was right into that as well. 
And so he was invaluable in that he was he still needed a, a mother slash counsellor slash manager. But I was able to recognise my behaviour and recognise his really clearly because he spoke the language that was meant to have been a conscious evolved male, but didn't have the action. So all of a sudden I was going, this is what's going on and I could watch my reactions to it. And so it just led from there and I just did more reading and I started really watching my male friendships and how I interacted with them. And I started practising more softer feminine behaviour and instantly the men around me would change their behaviour. So it was just like, oh, this is when I, and I work in the construction industry, as because you, you've worked in it too. There are times when it's really handy to walk in and man speak at people because it's just, oh, I need this and this and how's that going to happen? But that's not how your lover and partner at home needs you to speak unless you're the one in charge. So it was just like, ah, oh, what was the second question? Oh, how long was I doing it? So I'd done the masculine feminine stuff for probably about four and a half years. Before I went back on, and in between I dated this guy for a bit and I dabbled online, but before I went on seriously and got the mentor and all of that sort of stuff, it was about four and a half years before, no, maybe three and a half before I went back on, three and a half, four years before I went when I targeted the experience. So it was like like this mentor, his name was Graham, he said, look, you use your cerebral power to set up the profile because you've got to write a profile that men can hear. So you don't write the profile in your girl speak, you write the profile in the in man speak so that you're writing something a man can hear as opposed to something your girlfriends thinks reads really nicely and they want to hang out with you. So you've got to get that different, he said, but then once you're communicating, you've got to sit back in that feminine energy if you want this type of male. And you also have to work out what type of masculine you're actually looking for. And it's can, not about manipulating. Can you just give me an example of the difference... So if you're writing an ad from a woman's perspective and an ad in man speak, what are the, just give me a little bit of an example with that. And then going on from there, what you were saying about then talking to them in woman speak when you actually yeah. met them. So you've got to switch between those roles. Sorry yeah, to interrupt um, as well. If you're, you're right. If you're going to write an ad in, in woman speak, it'll be all about how things will make you feel. You're going to be walking on the beach and you're going to feel romantic and you'll feel beautiful and all this sort of stuff. For the guy, it's about the practical aspect in terms of you will get from A to B and you'll get this meal at the end of it. So it's more like that. The men need to know the practical, logical application and they need to know the facts. And if they want to know more, but they need to know enough to make them want to ask. Whereas women want to know the story, how they're going to feel, how they're going to suddenly be transformed by these things. Whereas, so it's like that. So when you're writing a profile, if you're writing it, in woman speak, it's like that whole, I love romantic evenings in and I want to feel special when I'm with this person and I want to, all of that sort of stuff in which women just go, yeah, and saying that you want you want a, a man who will date night and you want a man who will do this, these sorts of things. That's woman speak. Whereas to a man, it's more a case of I'm looking for a man who's comfortable to lead while respecting feminine energy. So you, you need to boost their ego a little bit to, for the man to go, oh, I can be the hero. Whereas opposed to going, this is how the girl's going to feel. So men want to know that they're respected. They want to know that, that they can be the hero. But they also want to know where the boundaries are. So they want to know very clearly where the boundaries are. They don't particularly want to want the happy ever after at this point. They want to know you're interested in dating and stuff like that. But that they want to know very clearly where boundaries are. And so it's things like I'm not interested in someone who smokes. When instead of just going smoke is not allowed, you just go, look, I lead a really healthy lifestyle. So I've, I'd please don't apply if you're a smoker. 
as opposed so it's like that instead of putting up walls it's just here's my boundary be gentle with your boundary but be very firm about it and yeah it was about and making yourself stand out you needed to make yourself stand out. And I don't mean by having lots of makeup on and doing duck face and a cleavage because straight away you're going to get a man who wants someone superficial and is only looking at your boobs. What you want is someone who will look at the picture, see who you really are in those pictures. And that's not you with your kids because basically instantly you've advertised mama bear. There's no room for a man in there. You don't want you with your girlfriends because there's all of a sudden he's competing for your attention, but you want you in real life situations without boobs and duck face and so that things like that we put the gorgeous photos on for the women we don't put the gorgeous photos on to attract the right type of man and so the the photos I ended up with was one of me doing glass blowing in San Diego and I had these jeans on that were too tight and I had a tank top on that was too tight because you can't have anything that's going to get in the way of the fire and I was sitting down so I had the lovely tummy rolls going with my tank top and my jeans too tight I had these manky gloves on up to here so you don't get burnt. And the, the person I was with, who was this guy that I dated, practiced masculine and feminine stuff with, he had a camera and he looked over at me and I was not interested in what he was doing. <laughs> and so what I did is going, photo, photo, and making it because he liked the attention to be on him. So it was all about the attention being on him taking photos. So I just held my hands up like this. But what I did was this, to basically go, fuck off. But because I grinned when I did it because I knew what I was thinking, that was the first photo this mentor told me to put up there. He goes, because right there, he said, it's the eyes. Men aren't going to notice the rest of it. It's the eyes. And when I spoke to people that I dated, and I had beautiful business photos, professional photos that I'd had done for business. I had all this sort of stuff. And he just went, no, because that says, not only can I run my company, I can run yours and I can do it better than you. He said, no. He said, that's what a man sees. Con- subconsciously, when a man sees a businesswoman all done up, even though I'm quite alternative what they see is a woman who is taking charge. Whereas me and my jeans being all grubby with this look in my eye and stuff like that, he's gone that one. And the other photo of my profile picture ended up being one I'd done as a selfie at seven o'clock in the morning, freezing, been for a walk, sweating, all freezing, beanie, scarf on, nothing matching. And I just did this. And you know, one of those ones where you just go, <laughs> nice, actually, I like that one. That was my profile picture. And it was, but not photos I ever would have picked. Whereas Graham just said, no, he said, look at your eyes. He said, people can see that there is an intelligent, witty, charming person in there. He goes, that's what the man's looking for. It was just like, really? Yeah. So all the photos that the girls would put on, because there was a big group of girls with us, all the photos that the girls would put on would almost exclusively be struck off by a guy going, no, wrong message. And then he would go on our Facebook feeds and pull up a couple of photos going this one. And you'd look at it and go, really, why? And he would tell you exactly why. And he would go, pop it on your profile and see that you don't get a better quality of men contacting you. And every single time for all of us, the minute we changed those photos and we changed how our profile was written to reflect a bit more about what's unique about us, to reflect a bit more of that I'm selling to a man, so to speak. That sounds really harsh, but that's my cerebral approach to it. Instantly, the quality of man went up. So instead of getting just a winky face or a kiss or you're really attractive as an opening line, you would get men that would start with five or six sentence paragraphs who would reference stuff in your profile that they had gone and read and absorbed and they would go look I'm really interested in this you sound this sounds really fascinating would be interested in a chat on this subject that you've mentioned completely different quality of man and when you'd look at their profile the ones who'd initially contacted with first ones where I had business 
and I had girls, I'd written in girls speak because I tend to be masculine energy out here, not on paper. <laughs> when I'm on paper, I'm quite feminine at times. And the profiles of the guys, when you went and looked at them, they would do winky face and stuff like that. They're standing there with their dead fish. There's a picture of their motorbike. They've got their shirt off in the bathroom, but you can see bras on the, the towel rack behind them. That, that sort of thing. Whereas you go into the profiles of the men who started with all these paragraphs and stuff like that. Nothing about what male toys, boy toys they own. Nothing about how much money they earn in terms of the photos. Look at all my expensive things. Yeah, it was just pictures of them maybe out to dinner, them just a nice headshot. It was just nice pictures of men. And it just it made such an astonishing difference. And one of the rules that we were told was that unless someone starts any contact at all with a full paragraph, don't respond, block them. End of story. You owe them nothing. You are not being rude. If someone wolf wishes at you from the street, are you being rude if you don't go over and start the conversation with them? No, you're not. You're not rude. So you're not rude online. So ignore them, block them. You don't know them. You owe them nothing and they have disrespected you by thinking that you have nothing better to do with your time than to talk to someone who doesn't have the energy to actually treat you respectfully. And it was just like, oh, wow. <laughs> so it was, yeah. I think that comment about about the difference between guys who just write a single sentence and a guy who will write five or six sentences. Hmm. That's a really interesting point because you're quite right. And that's a bloke's viewpoint. It's not a woman's viewpoint. From a bloke's viewpoint, that's really fascinating. I'm not quite sure yeah. where I want to go with that, but that is really fascinating. That's well, one thing Again, we're it's an understanding of, of how men's minds yeah. work. Yeah, and that's why we were taught to... If a man is interested, he will ask questions. He doesn't need the story up front. He needs enough to make him go, oh, I'd like to know some more about that. Because a man who is serious about trying to meet someone will want to get to know someone. So it's basically try and express yourself as best you can, but pick out what's unique about you to make you stand out from the crowd. That's why it was also these photos, those sort of photos make you stand out from the crowd because it's not that we were unattractive in those photos. We were very attractive, but we were very ourselves as opposed to being all done up for business, as opposed to being done up for a night out with your boobs out and all that sort of stuff. It's what they saw was us, but he also said there was none of this. They couldn't be drab photos either. They had to really capture something. Yeah, it was quite astonishing, the change and the quality of man that you're looking for who will go out of their way to get to know you. They say they're going to call and they just don't and they didn't die and, they, and their dog didn't die and all of this sort of stuff and they get back to you two days later and go, oh, yeah, just got busy. Thanks very much for your time. I'm not interested. End of story. It's no, because if they said they're going to call, if they're worth anything at all and they can't, they will contact you to tell you they can't. They'll contact you as soon as they're able to go, God, my phone battery was dead. I ran out of petrol. Can I please call you tomorrow night at 6 Anything less than that, you're not interested. And it was completely empowering. And I did that for, yeah, maybe a year or more before I met Robin. During that time, I had one, spoke for a couple of months with one guy, and it was like the first time I'd spoken with this quality of guy before. But then something happened where he said he'd call and he didn't call, and I slipped back into mum lecture manager mode. 
and he instantly just disappeared. And I went into the group and went, look, this is what's happened. And this was before he disappeared and the whole group, all the women going, no, you're absolutely right to do that. Other women were going, oh, absolutely not. What have you done? And Graham's come on there and he's just gone, look, Kylie, you've gone into lecture mode and all you've done is point out to this guy that he's failed. He's already knows he's failed because he's brought this up in conversation before that one of his past relationship problems was that he would get so wrapped up with his work, he would forget he'd made plans. He said, you are now the face that has pointed out that he has not grown through that. He said he will get back to you because he obviously likes you and all of this sort of stuff, he said, but he's gone. So did you have to do it that way or could you have just gone in and just gone next time you spoke to him, gone, hey, what about this? What happened? Thought we had some plans and give him the chance to explain. And then if you don't like the explanation, then just go, look, thank you so much for your explanation, but that actually doesn't work for me as opposed to what I did. <laughs> so it was, yeah. So it was, yeah, it was interesting. And when I met Robin, I'd made some changes to my profile because I was just constantly updating and stuff like that. And what I realised is that good quality men will respond, even if they're saying no, they will respond and just go, hey, look, your profile reads really well, but I'm looking for maybe someone a little bit closer. Or, hey, look, thanks for reaching out. You seem like a really interesting person. It, it, I just don't think we'd be compatible. They will still answer with multiple sentences. So what I've done is made some changes and then I just picked the top three most compatible men because the system I went through gave you compatibility ratings and their psychological profile and all of this sort of stuff. It was amazing. I just picked the top three, didn't check where they lived because I just thought, no, I'm just checking how my profile's reading. I just flicked it off to them, two of them got back to me straight away and just went, wow, look, you, this, you, you seem like a really lovely person, but I'm looking for someone closer because they were both in Sydney. Third one was Robin. He got back to me and goes, wow, look, thanks, I, thank you so much for reaching out. You seem really interesting. I was fascinated by this in your profile and I found this bit really funny and that all this sort of stuff asked me how I was going and then just said, look, but it's a long way for us to catch up for a coffee. And I've just gone, oh, where is he? <laughs> found out he was in Melbourne <laughs> and I was on the east coast of New South Wales. It was only then and then all of a sudden I've gone, oh, the distance and I wasn't even, I'd read his profile, it read, I'd read like I'd written it for me sort of thing. And I read his answer and stuff like that and I was like, oh, that's interesting. His response was immediately different. That I just fired back a real smart-ass response going, oh, Melbourne, all this sort of stuff. So I just came straight back and went, look, I understand there's three and a half days or three days and four hours or all still this. I'll meet you at this cafe. And I looked up a cafe that was in his suburb. And so I, I named the cafe in his suburb and just went, well, I'll meet you here at three, three days, two hours, all this sort of stuff. I'm leaving now. Just being a smart-ass. And he just thought I was hilarious. It just grew from there. But instantly he did exactly what we were told to look for in that he, he referenced multiple parts of my profile. He had obviously read all of it, didn't reference any photos. That was another big tick. If they reference your photos and how good looking you might they might think you are or great legs you have, that's a no straight away. Didn't reference my photos. They're allowed to reference them later on, but they're not allowed to start the conversation with how you look. Yeah, and it, it was amazing. And his photos, do you know the photo that got me the most on his profile was a full body shot of him in a poo bear onesie on a soccer pitch wearing soccer boots and he had the biggest grin on his face that you've ever seen and it was just like here is a man having the time of his life in a onesie outdoors it was just like I wanted that man doesn't take himself too seriously. He's obviously you read his profile and you just went very articulate, done some really interesting things, but he's happy to get out in a onesie and look like he's having the time of his life. <laughs>
Perfect. <laughs> so, how long were you on the previous dating scene for? That was about four years, was it, before you started? Or am I getting the timelines wrong? I had after the second marriage broke up, I had about 20 months, two years off. I went on mancation and I started studying the masculine feminine thing. And I had a number of male friends and really nurtured those so I could spend time with men and watch them and study them and talk to them and stuff like that. And they're still really good friends. And then I dated just briefly with this guy. He did the masculine feminine stuff. And I'd actually met him through the girlfriend who put me onto it in the first place. He was one of her best friends. Then after that broke up, I had another year, 18 months off where I intentionally just went, no, I need to, I've learned so much. I need to reintegrate. I need to, I learned some more about myself that I needed to work on and then went back out again. Yeah. And now Robin and I, we met over three years ago. Yeah. And now we're living here in Melbourne together. <laughs> in COVID, in lockdown, the minute we moved in together. <laughs> Here, not only can you live together, you can have a couple of serious illnesses and you can be together 24 hours a day. <laughs> Fortunately, we still like each other. <laughs> so all in all, like when you look at it from that perspective, you didn't have that much of a problem in finding a partner, did you? Once you'd really got clear on how to do it, and what you needed to do in order to get exactly what you want. Really, that only took about a year of yeah, practice it, it, and tweaking. Yeah, yeah, it was fairly quick. And the biggest, the biggest problem, and I saw this because, like I said, there were girls from all over the world in these groups, and we'd done multiple different things together and stuff like that. And it was only once the girl could 100%, oh, they, in the group you always say to call them women. I've still got a thing about calling them girls. Once she truly owned her faults and realized where what she was willing to work on what she wasn't willing to work on what her deal breakers were once she was able to really just go no this is who I am and it's perfectly I'm perfectly okay who I am here's the stuff I'm willing to work on because I know that's caused problems and once they got to a point of being 100% happy to be on their own because as long as you've got that oh I have to find someone I'm getting too old I don't want to be alone your energy alone will attract someone who's going to either take advantage of that or someone who needs a mum because you're going to cling and control things. So you had to be 100% willing to walk away from anything that didn't suit you. So even if he was like 80% good and there was just a couple of red flags, it was just like, no, you need to be prepared to walk away. And once you were really able to go, this is all of me, I had to accept that I still have a lot of masculine energy. It's like I have a lot of masculine energy, but I have even more feminine energy. So I'm someone who's got even though I'm an introvert and stuff like that and can at times be the quietest person in the room, I still have a huge amount of energy when I'm in, when I'm doing me, I've got quite a bit of energy and I needed to accept that to balance that out, the sort of man I was looking for would have quite a bit of feminine energy, would have a lot more masculine, but he was also in touch with that feminine so that we could balance out when we needed to. And so I needed to own all of that. And once I'd done that and just went, okay, look, here are my faults. Here's the stuff I'm working on. Here's the stuff that I'm happy to just own that, <laughs> not changing it. Then, yeah, everything fell into place fairly quickly. And it was just a matter of trying to consistently practice me in that space as opposed to tr giving myself away to what seemed like a good thing, which we as women are so programmed to do. 
is to give it away. And we tend to go through processes in the personal development field, and that's from giving away all our power. Then we suddenly claim our power and we go through the warrior princess, fuck you, I'm not changing anything. And if you don't can't deal with me at my worst, you don't get my best. All of that sort of stuff, which is just as unattractive to as a woman who gives everything away and won't, won't stand by herself. Then you've got to get to that next level up where it's just, I am completely worth it and I'm valid and I love who I am and all of that sort of stuff. And nobody needs to deal with me at my worst because that's no one's job. That's my job. And if you're at your worst, never take it to a man. A man can only deal with a woman's worst up to about a five out of 10. They're not programmed to deal with it above that. Your girlfriends deal with that. So if you're expecting to go have a relationship with a man who's going to be your best friend, as fuck off. He's not a woman. He can't think and process like a woman. So stop trying to find someone who's going to be your best girly friend and you can tell him everything because that's why you end up with a man who can't stand up, who can't do the man thing. So it was about understanding all of that and understanding how to keep our emotions safe for us, but also for the people around us. So recognising when you start to elevate or you're triggered and you start to elevate, once you're at about five out of 10, you need to tap out of the conversation and just go, I'm elevating. I need to step out of this. Nobody's job to deal with that. That's my job to be able to deal with me when I'm triggered, angry, sad, needy, all this sort of stuff. So you've got to get all of that right. Once you get all of that sort of stuff in place and you're comfortable with that, you've gotten past all your dad wounds, you've gotten past your mum wounds, you've gotten past that boyfriend who dumped you because he found someone who was blonde and you weren't blonde. You've got to get past all of that. Once you can do that, then these guys just show up. But somehow these men have this radar. They don't even know they've got it, but they've got this radar to women who still carry that. And for whatever reason, they might go, you know what? I actually think she's really attractive. She's smart. She's funny. And yeah, no, because they've just, men have this amazing ability. The good, the evolved ones who are very in touch with themselves have this ability to spot this energy in women. So you've got to get really grounded within yourself. And once that happens, it's quite fascinating. And it's not just, it's not just dating. Like I've had so many men and I've practiced, how's this? I've practiced going out in my feminine energy and going out in my masculine energy. And I had this great opportunity to go to a building expo, all the building products and stuff like that. It's man central. And most of the women there are in man energy. So I went, I made a point, because normally I would just go and whatever I'm comfortable in, I don't give a shit. I want to see three companies. I'm in, I'm out. I don't like these expos. And while I dress, I'm always conscious about how I dress and I feel I look good. This time I just went, Oh, we're going to do things differently. So I've realised when I'm in my feminine energy, I'm a lot, I'm a lot slower. I'm a lot calmer. My body feels a lot softer. So what I did was I put on my full-length flowing dress. I put on a bit of makeup. I had long, really long hair at this point. I still had on jeans, and I tend to wear like leather booty things anyway, like red leather shoes and stuff like that. So I still had the jeans on underneath this big flowing dress, and I went in there and I just I got to the door and I went. <sighs> No, we're going to go in the feminine energy. I'm not going to go in and go, A, B, C, I've got what I want, I'm out, like I would normally do. Men were tripping over themselves. And that, you know how men compete with each other because they want the girls' attention? I'm watching it just going, (laughs) how fascinating. Because some of you guys I actually know, and you don't do this around me normally. But because my energy had shifted, their energy completely shifted. And it was just, yeah, so... Yeah, now I'm quite conscious I've done it when I've had to have really firm conversations with an ex-business partner where I was being taken advantage of. And I went in and I sat right back into the feminine energy 
And when he would start to bluster, a bit of a misogynist and stuff, when he would start to bluster and stuff like that, I'd just go, no, that's not right. This is what happened. And he'd go, oh, I wouldn't argue with him. I'd just go, no, that's not right. This is what actually happened. I was there. And he did, and in the end, he ended up blowing himself out and he came down, whereas previously he would just keep blowing and blowing and thinking he was dominating me. When I just sat right back and I stayed completely physically, energetically unengaged, I just dealt with, it, it was fascinating. Yeah. I find it really interesting. And the thing is remembering to try and do it because my default is to be cerebral. So it's a matter of just going, all right, when is that working for me? When is that not working for me? And particularly when I'm with my partner, there are times when we're building a house. This is my industry. This is what I do. I design houses. He knows nothing about this. He's not a handyman and all that sort of stuff. He works in corporate. And he's perfectly comfortable to sit back and go, you need to talk to her. So he's, I'm out because he knows that isn't his strength. So he's happy for me to step forward, put on the man pants. But what will happen is the minute we step away from that, he'll be like, come on, we'll go and see these other errands and let's, I think I'll take us out for dinner or something. You know what I mean? It's like he, he's very good at stepping straight back in. Once I've done my thing and I lean back, he'll step straight back in. And I've gotten very good at going, I don't need to control everything. Everything doesn't have to be the way I want it to be. Just because I want it this way doesn't make it right. It just makes it the way I want it. And there are things that you just need to let them do. Even if you feel you can do it better, it's just, no, you've just got to get out of the way. It's, it's just my opinion that I think it's better. The way they're doing things isn't wrong and you've got to get that balance. And I think so many women like us who are highly capable, we're very intelligent, we're used to having to make our own way. It's difficult for us to do. It's very difficult for us to sit back and just go, no, you take charge of that because we're so used to just getting shit done. And so it was a big learning curve for me to, yeah, there are definitely times where I'm just like, I don't know. And what I actually say to him now at certain times when I'm very obviously not going to take the lead is just like, no, happy passenger, I'm out. <laughs> I know you get to make the decisions, I'm out. <laughs> And on the other side of that coin, being used to making the decisions and having the masculine energy, on the other side of that coin, we're taught as women that the way to attract a man is to look good. It's all about how you look. Yep. And, and then the other, another facet of that is the guy needs to be in touch with his feminine and they need to make sure that you're happy and they've got to romance you. Your perfect guy has to be your best friend and everything. And I've always struggled with that. I've got two boys and two girls. So I'm bringing up the four kids. I want the boys to understand girls, but they're not girls. They're boys. No, that's it. Yep. And the girls aren't boys. And they are completely different. Yeah. But it's yep. really fascinating that we're not taught another way to attract guys other than how do I look? How do I dress? Yep. I've got to be sexy. Yep. I've got to do this. And that's yep. not actually going to get us the partner we're looking for. No, it's not. And I learned, I had to learn that as well because we were also raised to be very, I was going to say demure, not the right way, basically covered it up. And I was a tomboy growing up and I played football, tackle football with the boys because I was bigger than them in primary school, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. And so we, we're taught that it is, it's so visual. So I believe it, it is physical because we still spot someone across a room, but I think it's far more about energy. And one thing I learned is that a woman can walk into a room wearing jeans and a T-shirt, but if she is carrying uber feminine energy, every man in that room will spot her. And it's the energy and her confidence 
So it's not, it's not girly energy, it's woman confidence and it's not going to matter what she's looking. They want to know she's, she takes care of herself, but that doesn't mean a face full of makeup. It's this real, what men really appreciate, and I spent a lot of time talking to guys about this, what they really appreciate is a woman who is confident in her own skin, however that presents, and she may choose to do that with a lot of makeup, but you can feel the difference. To a woman with a lot of makeup who's not confident, to a woman with a lot of makeup who is. And... It's interesting, one of the first things Robin said to me, given that he works in corporate, he said he is surrounded by beautiful women, turned out, business suits, all this sort of stuff. He said within minutes of talking to them that they're either going to be a ball buster or they're actually really needy. He said there's no, they might look beautiful. He said even the ones that look really feminine and make the effort to look feminine, he said the minute you talk to them, they're leading with cerebral energy. He said so instantly there's not that attraction to a man who's looking for someone who's got feminine energy. And he said, I still remember this because I just stared at him and then I think I might have cried a little bit. He said, it was our first weekend face-to-face. We've been getting to know each other nine months and we're driving along the car and he goes, I think I understand now why men are so intimidated by you. And I went, go on. (laughs) He said, you're incredibly curious, inquisitive. And he said, because you're intelligent and you ask questions, he said, men are instantly... He said, insecure men. He said, no, he said, men who are comfortable in themselves love it. And I I find a lot of men just open up to me and talk to me because I don't come in with an agenda. But he said, because you're, you're intelligent and you're curious, he said, but you spend more than a few minutes with you. And he goes, and it's bloody obvious. You're just a big softy underneath, aren't you? I'm just like, no, no, I'm not. (laughs) And he was, and he said, and it's about that different energy. So for Robin, it was very much the case of he'd worked with a lot of cerebral masculine energy women for a long time. He said, and I considered myself masculine because I worked in an industry that's male dominated, all this sort of stuff. And he goes, he goes, what do you do? I said, I design houses. And he goes, no, what do you do? I said, design houses. And he goes, no, what do you do? And I went, I make homes for people. He goes, exactly. He said, what is more feminine than spending your career wanting to give people beautiful homes, to nurture them with beautiful homes? He said, you're a caretaker and you do it using masculine tools to get to the, he said, you use a masculine tool set for an an extremely core feminine purpose. And I was just like, I think I'm falling in love with him. (laughs) Because all of a sudden it was just like this person saw me, but I had to do all of this sort of work on myself to get comfortable with me before someone could see me. Nobody could see that if I wasn't able to be that. And I had all these walls up so people couldn't see it. And once I dropped them, then all of a sudden, not only Robin, but all of these men who I've known for years, all of a sudden they started acting differently around me and engaging me more. And all of a sudden they're talking more to me on a, a personal friendship level as opposed to just dealing with me as a designer as a peer in the industry all of a sudden I was this person that they could come and sit down to and talk to and it was fascinating absolutely fascinating so yeah in a journey I'm so pleased that I've got I got led to this place though you know what I mean that the universe lined up and things happened and that I was able to just go yes that thanks I will learn all about that and I want, I want to do more of it, but it's also a case of right now, not allowed out of the house. Now that we're together, we recognise how well our energies play together, but we also recognise there's aspects that could be better. And we, in this situation where we've got COVID, so you're locked up, we've both had major health problems. 
and all this sort of stuff. And we're still getting along beautifully, which is brilliant. Our communication is really good and stuff like that, which I've also never had before. So it's just, yeah, we're just excited to see where it can go now that you've met someone who is, I don't want to say you're equal. I think that's wrong. You've met your compatible other because I don't think it's about being equal because he's better at some things than I am and I'm better at some things than he is. So it's about having that compatibility about what plays well together. Yeah. So it's interesting. It's been fascinating. It's been a fascinating journey for years. Been a lot of tears and acknowledging shit that I've done that I don't want to acknowledge and acknowledging stuff about me that I used as armour to protect myself about acknowledging stuff that needed more practice, like being vulnerable and being able to express feelings as opposed to the plan to make it go away. As a cerebral woman, it's all about, I'll discuss the doing. I'm not, it's harder to discuss the feeling. Yeah. I think that was, we've just about, you were brilliant. Thank you. I think oh, we've, look. Probably, we've been going nearly an hour now. So <laughs> yeah, we just need to book a 12 hour one and pour a few drinks. We'll be fine. All right. <laughs> I know it'd be nice to go and do this in a cafe one day. Oh God, wouldn't it? Mm. Yeah, we could get to, oh no, we can't. I was going to say we could get to the state boundaries and just shout over the boundary, but we can't because there's a whole other state between there's us. A whole, yes, there's a thousand kilometres that you can't cross. <laughs> I'm in the naughty corner, aren't I? There you are. <laughs> Did you see that, that map meme that was on Facebook a few months ago? Reminds about, me, I've seen a few. So it's got all the states, Australian states, and it's got well done and it's got... Th- words in each state well done for taking care of coronavirus and staying home not you over victoria yeah. <laughs> i'll find it and tag you in it oh, i could not stop laughing that was great <laughs> yeah victoria you're drunk go home yeah <laughs> yeah it's just been it's interesting because people doing selfie things i was even just talking to you the other week and you're like i'm at a shopping center i'm like oh shopping center <laughs> I'm not even someone who likes shopping centres, but it was like, no, shopping centre. <laughs> Ryan said to me this morning, because he's down in Geelong, he said to me this morning, I just want to go and sit on the seafront and have fish and chips. That's all I want to do. <laughs> it is. It gets so like that. I went out for my walk this morning and normally I walk, I do about seven or eight K in the morning and it takes about an hour and 15, but you're not meant to be out for more than an hour. And I wanted to get some earthing in just to help with the, the grounding and all that sort of stuff. And I thought, no, I'm going to walk the way I would normally walk this morning and just maybe do it a bit quicker so I can stick to the hour. But I got to a certain point and it was almost like there was a rubber band on me going, ah, oh, no, because I did rules. I did a good set of rules. And it was just like the reason this has come back is because some people thought the rules didn't apply to them. So I don't want to be that person for whatever, even if it's just me out walking, I don't want to be that person who somehow picked it up and didn't know. And I walked past someone just as I lifted my mask to have a drink of water and I breathed and they got it. And you know, I don't want to be that person. Yeah. And I got to a certain point and then it was just like, oh, no, you're going to have to go back. Okay. <laughs> and it was just, yeah. And you just, you're just craving to be able to go over there, just yeah. over there. I just yep, want to go for a me. drive. Just want to go for a drive. <laughs> I know. That's it. That's it. So it's, and it's funny because like I said, I'm a big introvert and I normally keep myself to myself a lot anyway, but it's having the choice taken yeah. away from you. Yeah. And I don't have the choice to go out if I want to. And you've got to wear these bloody masks and so over the mask. 
Oh, Kira's face is shocking with the masks. Shocking. Yeah. That's been so bad. I've wondered about that. We've got these U-Buttes that have filters oh, and all that sort of stuff oh, in them. No. But I've taken the filters out because you can, I can hardly breathe mm. with the filters. So it's got that thing there. That's not a filter. That just sucks air in and out. I think that's more just to look good. But it's got these filters that go in the inside. Ah. Um, but you can't breathe with them. And because to breathe, it sucks. You've got to suck in that hard to get air through this that it sucks the whole thing to your face. And if you're exercising... Yeah, there's no way. There's no way I'm going to run. I'm terrible. I can't even have my head under the covers without feeling like I can't breathe. So I'm the same. It doesn't matter how cold it is. I've got to have, yep. Yep. Got to have clear air. And John, do not breathe on me. Turn the other (laughs) way. I want to breathe your carbon dioxide. Rack (laughs) off. I'm the same. (laughs) Get all these amazing ways of positioning so you don't have to. Yeah, I know, right? Oh, no. And he's the complete opposite. He'll happily have his head under the covers. And I'm like, are you okay? Are you not yeah. dying? I'd have passed out by now. <laughs> you can't do it. Yeah. It's funny what you were saying about, I didn't want to interrupt or add stuff because this is your story, but it's funny what you were saying about turning on the feminine energy and watching how the guys are different because that's, how I got through uni and how I ran my building sites. I'd just yeah. switch on the feminine energy and watch them all grovel to do everything I wanted. It was great. <laughs> it was great. <laughs> it's fascinating, isn't it? Because I'd never realised the power of it. And, and it's funny because one thing that Graham, the mentor, said to us, is he said that what women don't realise is the ultimate power is in your vulnerability. So it's not about being super clever it's not about being in charge it's not about being controlling and organizing everything it's about being having the courage and the strength to be vulnerable and to be strong in their vulnerability and I just started crying when he said that to me because oh, <laughs> I was just I had no idea how to do it and it was once it was like all right it's this as opposed to this I started going oh hang on and what I realized is that I actually practiced in my feminine a lot but I was I didn't think of myself that way Right. So therefore, I realised that I had thought I'm masculine so much because I was a tomboy, because I work in the men's industry, because I'd had a few men tell me that I was dominant and stuff like that. And these were the guys that couldn't make a decision for themselves, didn't know which way to tie their shoes up and stuff like that, who then, because stuff had to be done so you would get it done, would then lash out at you for it. It's just no, a man who is actually comfortable with his masculine energy and all that sort of stuff. I was coming across at times as quite feminine, but I just didn't realise it was happening and I didn't realise how to harness that for my own well-being. So it had nothing to do with about how they responded, but it was how to actually go, no, it's actually far healthier for me to be in that energy because I do have a very clear divide between my masculine and feminine energy. And I've had people say to me, and they might be listening to this, that there's just energy, there's no masculine and feminine, you're labelling it and all of this sort of stuff. And I'm just like, you know what, it, I work well with labels because I understand there's a huge grey area. But for me, if I have this and I have this, then I can go, oh, now I see how all this works. So I'm happy to go, it's masculine and feminine. And I do have quite a powerful divide when I'm in certain energies. If I'm busy, it's like, yeah, doing, I'm doing. Don't, <laughs> don't, don't come near me, I'm doing. <laughs> So it's actually, we've been having thing, Robert will come up and go, oh, you're doing, and I'll go, yep. <laughs> so it's like, he's off again. <laughs> come back when I stop doing, because I'll be in a different energy when you come back. 
So, For me, when it, when I was on site and when I was at uni, it was about, I was not nearly as black and white as you. It was, what do I need to do to get my own way and to get somebody else to do the things I want them to do? And I just <laughs> tried different things. I went, oh, that one's easy. If I go into what you'd call the feminine yeah. energy, I just get my own way all the time. <laughs> it was really as simple as that. <laughs> See, that would have never crossed my mind because I was just like, oh, I'll just have to do it myself. Yeah, no. I want this, I'll have to do it. End of story. Nobody's going to help. Nobody's going to come and save me. I'll just have to do it myself. So it never crossed my mind to go, how do I get what I want? It was just like, I'll just do it myself. I I like men running around after me. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Very good. It's just such a foreign thing to me. It is so incredibly foreign for me and I think it comes also from growing up in an all-girl family with the, with the matriarchal sort of head to the family so it was just like and we weren't allowed around other boys we were very coveted yeah so it was just like no you want it you do it yourself mum was the one who did the building work mum was the one who made the garden beds mum was the one who did the paving out the back so that's what we grew up seeing and while mum cooked my dad was by far the better cook he didn't do it often but when he did it was just like hey dad's cooking so we had this and my dad would, I was the, the more the tomboy, but my dad would show up at his rallies that he used to go to and all that sort of stuff. And he would show up with all these three girls and all the other guys only had their sons and left the daughters at home. And my dad's just, you bought your kids and going, but we only bought the boys. He's gone, so what? I bought my girls. So we grew up just assuming that you just did it yourself. No man's going to do it for you because dad wasn't handy. Dad didn't do the work around the house and all that sort of stuff. It was mum who did it. Yeah. I wonder what I can do to get Robin to do more stuff for me. It's really easy. You just stand there and look like a little bit lost. (laughs) Giving away trade secrets here. You look like, if you stand there looking a little bit lost, but you've got to do it. They like to feel like they're contributing and they're supporting you. And that was what I figured out really early on. If a guy can make you feel good by doing something that you need doing, they'll do it. If you're grateful. It's really yep. quite easy and they enjoy doing it. It was interesting. It was one of the things Graham said. He said, we want to know we can be the hero. Mm-hmm. Even if it's just, I can get milk. I can get milk. I can do that. <laughs> you know? Yeah. He said, it's even just, and he said, you've got to acknowledge that. He said, it was just like when he started dating his partner, he noticed that she always had fresh flowers in the house and she wasn't on a big income and stuff like that, but she always made point that when she could, she would have fresh flowers in the house. And he's like, I can afford flowers. He goes, I don't do it because it's romantic. It was something that I could do for her because she liked it and it made her happy. Mm. He goes, if she didn't have flowers in the house, I would never thought of giving her flowers. He goes, it wouldn't have crossed my mind. But, yeah, it was fascinating. One other thing I, that it was a message that I had to really learn, and that was how to approach men about things that, that normally I would just go in and go, hey, what about this thing? But how to approach men about things in relationships where so they don't feel like they're being made wrong. Because mm-hmm. he said a lot of men in our society, they the way the communication goes is they're wrong and you've all this sort of stuff. And the example he gave was when he first met his partner, he said, I didn't clean. He goes, I was the guy with the one lounge, the one single seat in the lounge room. I had the TV sitting on a box. Like he'd, he'd run million dollar businesses. He said, but I don't give a shit about my house. He goes, the kitchen was a mess. He said, and she's walked in and instead of her going, 
oh, good God, you're a pig. How do you live like this? All of this sort of stuff. He said, he, we walked in and he said, no, I had to do a little bit more work on something before we could go somewhere. And she's just, she, he said, she's come up to me and just gone, can I just help out by, can I just help out by clean the kitchen a bit while you do that? And he said, and all of a sudden I was like, sure. He said, she, she made it out like she was just going to help out. She wanted it clean. So he said, but he did, she, she didn't make me wrong for living this way. And other ways that she would just go when he did something that she really liked, she didn't point out so much. She set very firm boundaries, but if there was something that she really liked and wanted more of, she would wait instead of just going, I really, I want you to do more of this. She would wait until he did it again and then make a big bit of a deal about it. Oh, I love it when you do that. It makes me feel so special. It makes me really happy. And he goes, and there's a guy, I'm like, I did something that made her happy. That was really easy. It didn't take anything from me to be able to do that. I can keep doing that. (laughs) And he goes, instead of her going, you should do this for me. He said it was just in those little In itself, it's very masculine. You you know, that you should do this for me is masculine. It's not feminine. It is. is. But he said when you're in a relationship, if you want him to be the masculine, if you're on a building site, you're allowed to go, I want you to do this for me if you're at work. He said if you're in a relationship and you want him to be the predominant masculine energy, you can only come in as feminine. You can only ever come in as feminine. The minute you meet him at masculine, the war's on. (laughs) He said, we start competing. So that's why she was very good at going, I want this using how do I do it by coming in at a level where the masculine feels rewarded. Because if a masculine feels rewarded and he can feel like your hero, like you said, he'll do it. Because they just want to help guys for the most part. They just want to help. They want to know their partner's happy. So if she, yeah, she'd just wait and then she would just go, oh, I'm so happy that I feel so good when you did that and all that sort of stuff and big hug. And he just said, he said, I know what she's doing. He goes, I'm not an idiot. I know what she's doing. He goes, but I still love it. And she gets the results she wants because she didn't make me wrong. And it was just those little things. You're just going, oh, for me, it was always like, isn't that manipulative? And he just goes, no. He said, it's not manipulative. It's understanding how a man hears. He said, there's a big difference. He said, manipulative, she was doing it to get all my money. He said, but she wasn't. She was just Mm -hmm. pointing out what made her happy and giving me the opportunity to maybe select to do that for her. So I chose it. It makes her happy. I'm winning. She's happy. I'm winning. I'm making her happy. Therefore, I'm happy. (laughs) It was, yeah, it was just all those sort of little nuances and stuff like that. And a lot of them I bought in try to bring in I'm still not great at it it's still a matter of particularly since you're living together once you start living together you tend to go back into rote behavior to a certain extent particularly when it's under stress and we've been like I said we've both had major illnesses we're in lockdown we've moved house we've done all of this sort of stuff we're about to build a new house so we're presenting ourselves with every possible stressful situation we can still remember how to balance that within that when I'm so used to just going I'll just do it my way (laughs) a work in progress (laughs) always a work in progress i'm gonna have to go my friend thank you so much always a pleasure if you enjoyed this episode be sure to subscribe so you're notified when a new episode is posted and rate and review this podcast and share it with your friends please thanks so much for listening and i hope you're leaving with some great ideas that can make a difference in your everyday life Until next time.